Hello, hello. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. I'm your host, Emilia Nordhuk. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about the story that I have to tell you. So let's go ahead and just dig right into the meat of it. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. Today, I am so pleased to have on the show a wonderful artist and friend um, from Belgium. I'm going to, Jonas, that's the easy part of his name. So his name is, is more difficult than, like my Dutch name seems like a baby name compared to your name, Jonas. <laughs> You're going to have to say it. Do you, you want to say it or do I have to say my own name? Jonas, you're gonna have to say it again. Now I forgot. <laughs> yeah, my name. My name is Jonas van Steenkist, yeah. and I know it's a very difficult thing to, even in French, which is a neighbor country. And my dad is my second dad is French, and uh, it's it's hell. <laughs> it's a, a very non-international name. I can imagine that it could be like some exotic exotic elements uh, if a curator wants to show me in america with my name but it helps uh, to feed the the story <laughs> but it's a very tricky one to pronounce to write yeah. is quite okay so, so thank you thank you for pronouncing it um and and i do i agree with you i think it just it adds to the mystery and the exotic <laughs> exotic nature of your work um which is fantastic and one of the reasons i wanted to talk with you is that is that throughout the pandemic you've been posting um photographs on your facebook page and and elsewhere and instagram just of of your work and other people's work and i've just been finding it incredibly inspiring and and it's as I sit isolated in the United States, right? So we're all in our own little bubbles or pods or igloos or whatever you want to call them. I, I get to see your work and the work of other people who are continuing to be creative during the pandemic. And I'm curious, what inspired you to do that? Because now you're up to somewhere to like day 400 and something. And when I saw that, that's when I realized, I was like, oh my God, he's been posting different photos every single day since the pandemic started. Yeah, I, I, it's it's crazy that it's already 400 and mm-hmm. days. But it started a bit um, at the beginning of the pandemic. I... I have to say it like that. In Belgium, we had a lockdown 13th of March last year. And I had three shows that would have opened that weekend. So I was really working towards them. And then um, I got the news that it wasn't allowed anymore to do public events. Mm -hmm. Um, So I saw my work and my dreams about those openings shatter like or melt like snow for the sun i don't know what other expressions i can give it to it but it was very uh, very strange to um have worked and not have a sort of return in a way a return of a public or an opening like a like i felt that the project didn't end 
at 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 a certain level. So with that, uh, um, yeah, how do you say it? That feeling that I had the the unfulfilling feeling of showing and talking and learning about your own work. I um, I said I have to do something. So I started the Behind the Glass series where I asked uh, friends of mine and other artists, uh, we cannot show our work anymore, but maybe people need to see things. Mm-hmm. And I I started with to, sh- to show one of my works behind my window. And I asked everyone to do the same. And I had 300 windows <laughs> at the end and I made a website of it. Uh, and uh, I felt like this is very important, not only to show, but also to see as yeah. a public, because we could walk individually in Belgium uh, in, a, in a radius of 10 kilometers. I don't know how many miles it is, but it's not, it's not that long or that far. And, uh, and the, the other project that I started was someone asked me um, to show every day a new piece of art without context. Mm-hmm. And I felt a bit strange that why not say or mention the artists whose work it's from? Because we are all cut, out, cut off of um, shows and showing and, and, and contact and learning to, to learning to see new things or new artists. So I started and I put up the names of the artists who I showed. And after 10 days, I, I started to think, there is no one doing this. There is not a lot of curators that do this or in art institutions that um, activate themselves in this pandemic. So I reclaimed the the field of being an online curator and share work every day. So fantastic! I don't know. I feel super obliged to continue because <laughs> um, what is four hundred works of art in 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 this world and in art history? It's nothing. And You're for right. me, as a person, it's a lot. But I, I think I think that's I when you when you frame it like that, Jonas, you're so right on because um, when you think of all the works of art that we see, like in in one show, or we go to the museum, it's so much more than that, right? But mm-hmm. because we've been cut off, it feels like it feels like more because we're so hungry for every little morsel. Um, and I think I, I love, I love that you've claimed the online space as curator. Absolutely. You should, you should, we should get you a special t-shirt and, and a title. And, and there, are, there are others like me, I think. <laughs> we'll definitely like you. And we'll put in the show notes for this podcast, we'll put the website and the social media address so that um, people can um, can take a look and like you for sure. And um, and also maybe contribute. Um, maybe we can find some, yeah, some other fine, yeah. curators to help out. I you know, so so how would you like this to continue? Because like what you said, like 400 pieces of work is not a lot of work. Like, 
speaking historically, right? I mean, absolutely not. There's so much more work out there that needs to be seen that's not being seen. How do we how do we step into that space? How do we do that now? Yeah, I'm not a social media expert, of course, but I I am more a how do you say it a, 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 a house garden and kitchen user, and I try <laughs> to adapt what what I can to the needs that I have. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, Facebook is an, is a sort of interconnecting thing. And um, people see more um, people see more art now through those media than they go to um, museums, which is not the same. I have to say because I, I post a lot of installations, <laughs> and right. I am um, a very big fan of installations. And I think you really need to to experience them physically, but. Um, you can share or you can trigger someone through a post, I think. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. That is, yeah, maybe a, a spark <laughs> to go and see the work or look for more of the artists and yeah. Yeah. Um, I fall mean, in love. I, I don't know. <laughs> fall in love and fall in love, just fall in love with an artist and, and, and especially, I think installations, like being able to um, to walk through uh, to walk through pieces. Um, so, I I did a couple of road trips here recently in the United States, and one of them I went to um, Pittsburgh, and I was able to visit Frank Lloyd Wright's two homes, Waterfall, oh, yeah. which is the most famous, and and um, Kentuck Knob. And, and I will tell you, seeing, because I think those pieces are installation works, right? I know it's architecture, but I'm just like, oh, no, no, this is, and I thought about you a lot and the work that you do around houses. And I was just like, oh, honestly, have you seen, have you seen those in person ever? No, you're making me super jealous. I'm a, I'm a completely American virgin. Uh, although I reference a lot of American housing in my work, I've never been because nobody, uh, yeah, I, yeah, how do you say it? At one, on one side, I never visited, uh, as a person because I didn't have a reason yet to go. Uh, I want to, but yeah, my job keeps me also here because I teach also, um, but if someone would invite me to do a show, dear God, I I, I, I come immediately, uh, COVID or not, <laughs> I dare. Okay, so there we have, we have a call to action. Someone needs to invite Jonas to do a show in America, and I will pick him up, and I will take him on a road trip, and I will show him all the housing, and I will take him to Frank Lloyd Wright's houses, because you must see these houses in person, you will be stunned. And it is, it is exactly as you say, seeing something in person, um, like, like seeing a photo is a spark. Seeing in person gives you the opportunity to fall in love. I remembered what it was like to fall in love with art and creativity when I saw Mm -hmm. the house. I remember what it was like to be around people who do art creatives right so 
mm-hmm. I I absolutely want to <laughs> confirm your your idea of being able to fall in love with art and needing to see it in person. Um, mm-hmm. is- I think also. When I was younger, I, I all, yeah, I have to say I studied art at high school because we have a different kind of uh, educational context than, than in America. So I went specifically to an art school because um, a lot of people, because I wasn't good in math, I wasn't good, <laughs> good at, in language, I'm dyslectic as hell. Um, but uh, that was a problem for them. Uh, now it's creativity. <laughs> so I went to art school. <laughs> I have another language. That, that is the bare fact of it. And uh, I was there and I was not a good drawer. I was not a good painter. So all the traditional um, yeah, my techniques were not mine. Mm-hmm. But the first time I'm, I made a sort of sculpture um, which has a, a certain size, a certain volume, a certain uh, massivity, I, I immediately felt uh, home in a way because yeah. I was uh, the creator, but the thing was uh, on its own. It, has, it, it had his own space and I, could, I was not the, the artist or the creator anymore, but I was also a participant, a viewer or someone outside of it. And I think that developed my love for more installations where I, as a maker, become estranged and the thing itself becomes a space or an identity on its own where I can relate to not only as a viewer, but also physically that I have have a, an other sort of relation and it makes me even think more about the work than when when I'm creating it. And that's an interesting position. <laughs> I, that's a very interesting position. And, and I really like the way you articulated that because I think you're absolutely right. As a sculptor, I, I do, I feel that push and pull between being the creator and also the, the spectator, the viewer and, and seeing it as a, as a whole, outside of myself. And, and mm-hmm. I think that it is something that's, um, that's challenging to describe to people. And then when you want people to like fully experience your work, yeah, you do, you want them to like, you know, be immersed in it. And, mm-hmm. and I love, so one of my favorite pieces that I've never seen in person, but I'm just, I cannot wait to see your work in person is um, like the rest of your work. I've seen some of it through EKBC, but the the house traps. We have a yeah. few minutes. Can you explain the house traps? I know it's it's some of your older work, but yeah. but I I love this. <laughs> I, I, love I think this is sort of um, how do you say the key work? It's a, a very essential work mm-hmm. that explains a bit how I work and think. So the the full uh, title is A House is Not a Home, which is a Bird Bacharach song right. <laughs> sang by D- Dion Warwick. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think everyone knows it. And if you don't know it, look it up because it's a very good. Uh, it starts with uh, a chair is not a chair. Mm-hmm. So the function, the function of the objects 
um, is is questioned all the time, and the a house is not a home. Is some a function? But it's more than a function. It has also a place of belonging, and right. the duality between the object or in this case, the house is not an object, but a series of rooms um, or constellation of different elements that becomes a, a house, technically. But the home is something that is not measurable. So those two elements are really uh, interested me to to research about. The house is, is a sort of, how do you say, a light motive uh, through my work. It's something recurring. The our relationship to that space or place, Which or the like it. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's very elaborate. Um, so a lot of houses in my work. <laughs> it is also the house that is a sort of ideal, not of, of the persons living in it, but of a society. Mm-hmm. People need a perfect ho- house in a certain kind of street, in a certain kind of stature. But is that what we need? That that was my question. And, and the house trap um, refers to Bruegel, who who has a painting with with a bird trap in it, and it is a, a box, a wooden box with a stick, wooden stick, and a, a rope. To so if the bird comes closer, they they pull down the rope, and the bird is trapped in that in that box. And you need a sort of lure uh, something to lure you in Mm -hmm. so the ideal house was in my first scale model because i have different scales (laughs) of the work was a typical uh, american white picket fence house Mm -hmm. uh, because i'm a very big uh, lynch and hitchcock fan (laughs) and They're never far away, my godfathers. Um, <laughs> because there's nothing more terrifying than a regular-looking house with a white picket fence. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it was Hitchcock who said that um, the the most terrifying horror movies are not in castles, dungeons, or grottos, but in white picket fences or normal homes. Yeah. And I can completely relate to that. It's uh, everything that looks normal, um, uh, run away. <laughs> Danger is lurking inside. So I, I made a scale model with uh, some rooms, uh, windows, uh, I mean, so uh, completely white. The paint is a bit bladdered off. So you can see and feel that that ideal has been there for a moment. And uh, it's it's completely uh, skewed up on a stick. So it, the house, the ideal of the house is a trap in this sense. Mm-hmm. And in 2012, I was already making my, my three scale models uh, to to, how do you say, to form my idea physically. And then I got news of um, the studio of Mike Kelly um, that he died. And in 2008, I was an assistant in a, his big show here in Belgium, in Atuvius. Yeah. And he was a really, really nice guy uh, in that way that I was 
for him. I was a student, you know, the students run around and help and, and, and do internships all the time. But he was really thoughtful to, to notice things. Uh, he said to me, oh, I saw you unpack my work and I saw you, how you arranged it and how you, um, what do you do? How, what kind of work do you make? So he was really, he had a talk with me and mm-hmm. he could be, yeah. And his position, it was not needed to do that. Um, he wasn't a diva at all. And he really talked with me and he said, oh, look, that wall you can choose how we hang the pictures because I feel that you um, you could do that great. So, and he'd said that at the time that I was very in conflict of um, how do you start after school as an artist uh, because you are you have done shitty job after shitty job and still you dream and he um, he made me dream even more. So when I heard the news that he he died. I thought I have to do sort of uh, tributes to him. And of course, in his own uh, work, he showed his parents' house, who is a white, <laughs> white picket fence house, uh, where a lot of ha- things happened for sure. <laughs> so as a tribute, I used um, his house, his parental house as a template. Wow. And the whole... Uh, and the whole story about um, my decision making there uh, in that project, and then someone asked uh, a group of collection collectors in Kortrijk, where I live. Mm-hmm. Oh, we saw the maquettes, we saw the scale models. Uh, Is it your dream to make it big? And I said, of course, it's it's my dream to make it real that we could be really trapped in it physically mm-hmm. because. In a scale model, you are trapped in your in your head. You can see it, and you can imagine it, or at least some of us can. Right. <laughs> Others will say, "Oh, it's cute," and then it stops. Uh, so the the physical threat was something that I was uh, longing for, and I got the opportunity. So it's four meters by seven. Uh, I have a real big scale. It's it's a sort of big Wendy house <laughs> that can trap you completely. I think we were there um, with 10 people and there was room for more to be trapped. <laughs> um, so it's it's also my um, biggest work that is permanently on show. That's fantastic. So that, is, that is a bit the story <laughs> Of how a friend of mine inspired me to think about uh, that the house can be a trap. I think it's amazing. And I think that there's probably not, I think there's like people all over the world thinking that thought after this pandemic. Absolutely. How the house can be a trap. I will be super popular after this pandemic because all my life I've been working on the topic and now I was like, aha, now they all know how it feels. Because, (laughs) yeah, a lot of people are only romantic about (laughs) the house um, and home situation, but uh, it's a very, very complex uh, thing. Exactly. Uh, 
yeah. different layers. Yeah. I and and I think, you know, when you talk about that, you know, needing to imagine what it's like to be trapped in a house, now I feel like people can look at that work and be like, Oh yeah, no, I know that. I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um and I love I, I love your homage to um to your 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 mentor. I think that's beautiful. And I love that uh, I'm sure he would wherever he is in the universe, he's he's seeing you and being like, Yeah, that's my house and it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. It I think it's it's if I were would be him and someone did that with towards me, I would be very charmed. but maybe it's the the ego talking i don't know Um, (laughs) or yeah maybe he lives on in another work now that is not his own exactly well i think you know i think that's how we do i think that is one way that we do live on right is is to inspire others and i think that's one of the reasons as I look at the work that I've been doing in the past year and teaching, um, you know, I found a lot of joy in that being able to teach and something you said about your mentor, you know, that he allowed you to dream. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a beautiful line. And I think it's something that I find personally with you, Jonas, is that you have you have shown me a whole different way of talking about work but i i just wanted to to thank you for um for sharing your beautiful story and your house trap and um and also thank you for um for giving us inspiration so that we can all dream into the end of this pandemic that's so nice to say i will have i will I- <laughs> me happy all day now. <laughs> Yay! All day. All right. Aloha. Thank you for joining me. And if you found this interesting or provocative or maddening, well, leave me a review and tell me about it. Drop me a line. Let me know some of your stories. And thanks again for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Be well. Stay present. Aloha.